I want to share uh, some things written by J. Oswald Sanders in the, the book, The Incomparable Christ. But we'll start with this verse. Uh, you've heard of the you know sermons on the last seven words of Christ on the cross and things. We're going to uh, zoom in on just one of those. Uh, then one of the criminals who were hanged blasphemed him, saying, If you're the Christ, save yourself and us. But the other, answering, rebuked him, saying, Do you not even fear God, seeing you are under the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we receive the due reward of our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It's almost like we have uh, somebody who was there, an eyewitness, but he's on the cross. And he knew what was going on at that time. So put yourself back at that time and just ponder the things that were going on here. It says, three men were hanging upon three crosses. All three appeared to be criminals, or around the neck of each hung a board on which was written a record of their crimes. Two of them were patriots, doubtless associates of Barabbas in his ill-starred insurrection. In order to achieve their ends, they had resorted to robbery and even murder. And the one on the center cross, what was his crime? Surely something revolting for him to be found in such company. Yet the record of his life is strangely out of keeping with such a character. Acts 10, he went about doing good. Luke 4, they wondered at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. Even before he died, one of those hardened, blasphemous criminals who was crucified with him said from deep inner conviction, this man has done nothing wrong. One of the most incredible facts of the whole event is that those seasoned criminals became anxious for their reputations through being crucified in his company. Lest they be credited with being his friends or associates, they joined company with the passers-by, the chief priests, scribes, and elders. As they taunted and mocked him, the thieves were insulting him with the same words, hurtling their abuse at a fellow sufferer when they were so near their own end indicated the depth of their depravity. Their animosity toward one who had done them no ill was a revealing demonstration of the enmity toward God of the carnal mind. But in condemning them, let us not forget our own complicity in the crucifixion. Horatius Bonner has expressed it in a little poem for us. And of that shouting multitude, I feel that I am one. And in that din of voices rude, I recognize my own. T'was I that shed that sacred blood. I nailed him to the tree. I crucified the Son of God. I joined in the mockery. A sudden change of attitude came over one of the thieves had he been a spectator of what transpired in Jesus' trial before Pilate? 
Had he been so impressed by the contrast between his companion and Christ that he could explain it only on the basis of deity? Had the Holy Spirit, in response to his penitence, revealed our Lord's true identity to him? The Scripture does not say, but the suppositions may be true. In any case, he turned on his brother robber, Do you not fear God, seeing you are in the same condemnation? And we, indeed justly, for we receive the due rewards of our deeds, but this man has done nothing wrong. Then turning to Jesus, he pleaded, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. In his rebuke to his companion, the dying thief revealed a state of heart that made it possible for the Lord to answer him as he did. In the thief's statement, three elements are present. The first, you might say, is his reverence. Do you not fear God? He demonstrated not merely fear of the due reward of his deeds, but fear and reverence for God, the supreme judge and ruler of the universe. The fear of God is indeed the beginning of wisdom. I mean, figure, this guy is is dying. He's being crucified right alongside. Another element would be his self-accusation. We receive the due reward of our deeds. He acknowledged the justice of his sentence. We indeed justly. And attempted no excuse of his crime. A self-confessed sinner is not far away from a forgiving Savior. Another element, vindication. This man has done nothing wrong. The deeper the conviction of his own sinfulness, the more sure he was of the innocence of the Lord. A.W. Pink draws attention to the pains God took to guard the spotless character of his son. Especially, in quote, especially is this scene towards the end. Judas was moved to say, I have betrayed the innocent blood. Pilate testified, I find no fault in him. And now that he hung on the cross, God opened the eyes of this robber to see the faultlessness of his beloved son and opened his lips so that he bore witness to his excellence. What, what may we find in this man's prayer well, a confession of Christ's deity, Lord. His faith may have had only a small content of knowledge, but what a faith it was to see in a fellow convict one who was worthy of his faith and devotion. And this in spite of the mocking challenge he had heard from the priests, if thou be the Son of God, come down from the cross. Even that sarcasm and sneer had been unable to quench the spark of faith that had been kindled in his heart. We also find a confidence in Christ's Saviorhood. Lord, remember me. To be remembered is the opposite of being forgotten, which means being excluded from the kingdom. He had heard the Savior pray for the forgiveness of those for whom his death would avail, and he dared to include himself in its wide embrace. Had he not believed in the Lord's saviorhood, what would be the point of appealing to him for remembrance? We also find a conception of Christ's loyalty, 
or royalty, thy kingdom. True, everything about him, about Christ, seemed to negate his kingship. The superscription, the king of the Jews, placed in irony over his head, did not serve to make likely, likely any imminent coronation. But the thief's faith pierced through the appearances of the moment. Dim though it was, he saw a vision that far outdistanced that of the Lord's intimate disciples. He anticipated the day of his coming to his kingdom. All the disciples saw was his imminent descent into a dark tomb. And then the Lord responds, If the first word from the cross was the intercession of our Lord as high priest, forgive them, Lord, Father, for they know not what they do. The second was his promise as king of glory. Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It should be noted that Jesus did not answer the exact petition of the thief. He did something better. He granted the desire of his heart. What an answer it was. What certainty, assuredly, I say to you. What speed, today. What glory, in paradise. What company, with me. By this arrangement of the words, it is seen that today is the emphatic word. Absent from the body, present with the Lord. Our Lord can never resist the plea of the penitent. To the taunts and jeers of the mob, he deigned to give no answer. But the plea of the repentant thief drew an immediate response. The thief asked only for a place in Christ's memory. He was granted a place in his kingdom. So I end with this, a little poem by William Olney. Three crosses stood there grimly upon Calvary, each bore a victim suffering bodily. But in the attitude of the soul we see a strange unlikeness in the suffering three. Behold, upon the center cross is he who, to atone for sin, hung on the tree. Of his own will he died for the rebel's guilt, though by man's cruel hands his blood was spilt. Pardon for all believers did Christ win, since upon Calvary he died for sin. Now see upon the left a sufferer who even to the last did curse and swear. Right underneath the picture of the cross, he died in sin, bringing eternal loss. Now turn to the sufferer on the right, how different the picture and how bright. He owns his sin laments his evil ways, then turns him to the center cross and prays. Christ pardons him, the thief now dead to sin, enters with him the golden gates within. Reader, be sure since Christ for sinners died, thou canst find pardon through the crucified. We thank you, Lord, for the work of the cross for each one of us. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.